If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open that. Or if you have your Westover app, I invite you to retrieve your Westover app. And Church Online, do not click off when I share with you my title today, okay? Don't leave me. I want to speak on the subject, why I tithe. Don't leave me now, Church Online, okay? Yeah, we're going to talk about tithing today. And I'm going to frame it under why I tithe. I'm going to share with you my experience and how God through the years has blessed and what the Bible says about tithing. What is tithing? Tithing, the word tithe means tenth. Tithe means tenth. And in Scripture, the Bible says we are to honor the Lord with the tithe. And the tithe is to be given to the local church that you belong to for the ministry of that local church. What it means is 10% of our income we honor, we give to the Lord. That is the tithe. And Denise and I have practiced tithing all of our life. We had a conversation when we were dating. We've been married 46 years. And before we ever got married, we had the conversation that we were going to tithe from day one and we were going to honor the Lord. I encourage anyone that you're going to be in a dating relationship, have spiritual conversations with your fiancé. Have conversations about serving the Lord, praying over the meal, going to church, honoring the Lord, having, having a devotion life. Make spiritual priorities a part of that conversation. I will tell you, there were times tithing, and, and I, I, it was a sacrifice. Yes, it was. And we were like most married couples. When you start, we had, we had nothing. We were poor. We were starting. In fact, we were so poor when we first got married. Denise would go down to KFC and look at, lick other people people's fingers. We were just so poor. I mean, that's where we, that's just where we started, but but we determined we determined that God was going to be honored in everything we do. And I want to share with you today why I tithe. Reason number 1, the reason I tithe is God's word establishes tithing as a lifelong practice of devotion. The word of God says that tithing is a lifelong. If, if you have kids, the moment you give them allowance, it's lifelong. Begin to teach them to tithe. And when you're retired, it continues. It's a lifelong practice. The Bible tells us in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, to bring the whole tithe into God's storehouse. Why? So there will be ministry, there will be meat, that God's, the needs of God's people will be met. God establishes tithing as a means of our devotion to him. Additionally, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus teaches us that we should tithe. Now, somebody told you that tithing was just in the Old Testament. The Bible does not support that. In fact, Matthew 23, 23, the Pharisees, Jesus was having a conversation with them, and there were very few things that Jesus could compliment the Pharisees on, but the one thing he said that you do right, and that is tithing, and you're doing it, and you should continue to do it. That's the words of Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus endorsed the practice of tithing. 
And I just want to affirm that God's word teaches it as a lifelong practice. Now, today, the word Christ follower has kind of replaced the word Christian. We refer to ourselves as Christ followers, and I like that phrase. But there is one word that has been kind of dropped in this generation that we used to say a few decades ago. And when I mention it, many of you are going to say, yeah, I recall. We used to call ourselves Bible-believing Christians. You would describe yourself. People would say, I'm a Christian. But, we, but when you said, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, it meant you, you follow the Bible. The Bible makes your choices for you. Well, here's what I'm saying. To follow God's practice, God's Word teaches us that the 10th belongs to Him, and we should honor the Lord. This past week, uh, my daughter notified us that she sent our grandson upstairs to clean his bedroom. In order to get his allowance, he has chores to do. And his chore was to keep his room clean, and it was untidy, and it needed attention. So she said, you go up there and clean your room, and you vacuum the carpet. Well, she heard the vacuum going, and she was proud of him. The vacuum kept going. Man, he's doing a great job. She was just delighted what to do. And so she went up to just commend him and to check on him, and she walked in. The room was in a mess. There the vacuum cleaner was going. He turned it on so she could think he's cleaning the room, and he went into the game room. Yeah, she called and she said, what do you think about this? I said, he's brilliant. I mean, he is brilliant. I would have never thought of that. That's a brilliant, you've got a genius and my grandson is a genius. She said, well, it'll be affected in his allowance. I wonder sometimes if I'm not telling God, God, I follow what you're doing. God, I'm doing it all. And that's just some of the things I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not. They're idle in my life. Well, the Bible says that tithing is a lifelong practice and we should honor the Lord. Number two, tithing, tithing honors God. The book of Proverbs chapter three, uh, verse number nine says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Did you ever notice that? Now we, we realize that we can honor the Lord with our body. We can honor the Lord with our words. We can honor the Lord with our action. We can honor the Lord with our attitude. There's many ways that we can honor the Lord. But the Bible includes that we're to honor the Lord with our wealth. That is to say the livelihood and our income that we are to honor God with it. And we honor him by the tithe. We, when we tithe, we're saying, God, you rank number one. God, you're at the top. God, you're number one in all areas. You're the one that's in charge. God, you're the one that I'm looking to. And I will adjust my life to always honor the Lord. Number three reason why I tithe. Tithing demonstrates trust in God. Yes, when I tithe, I'm saying, God, I trust you for my livelihood. I spoke to somebody just before this service, and they opened the app, and they saw the subject, and they had to come share with me. And they said, Pastor, I was tithing on unemployment, believing that God and trusting that God was to provide. 
And she went on to say, do you know the Lord gave me a full-time job in a company that was not hiring full-time and I got a full-time wage? And then she began to describe the series of things that God opened up and she's making more than she ever had before. And here's what she said, I can trace it back that I honored and trusted God, that I said in a time of unemployment, God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna believe you to bring the best. And she was singing the praises of God. Tithing demonstrates trust in God. Now in Matthew chapter number six, we have that, that famed prayer we call the Lord's Prayer. Oh, it's a prayer that we should pray, that we should, we should put in our heart. And many of our Catholic friends quote it at so many experiences of life so appropriately. And if I was to begin to just read the Lord's Prayer, many of you would know it. Our Father would art, who art in heaven, and you would begin to call that prayer out because you have placed it in your heart appropriately so. And Jesus gave us that prayer because he says, I'm going to teach you how to pray. But what I want you to know in Matthew chapter 6, before Jesus taught us to pray before the Lord's Prayer, the section of Scripture before that, Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to give. And in Matthew verse 1 through 4, Jesus talks about giving and taught us to give before he taught us to pray. Wow. Why? Because Jesus is saying that if you will learn to give to the Lord, but giving comes from the heart. If you'll put God number one in the heart, many of your prayers will be answered, that you will see his blessing come. His kingdom will come to your family. He will provide this day your daily bread. He will keep you from temptation. He will deliver you from the evil one. If we will learn to establish God as number one and trust him, God will take care of us. Our national motto is on all of our currency. You know what it is. What is it? In God we trust. I think it'd be appropriate right now if we would say it. In God we trust. That phrase came from the war of 18 and 12. When the British be, uh, came back to what we call the United States, the 13 colonies, and after the War of Independence was going to try to reassert their control on this land. And it ended up in what's called the War of 1812. There was an instrumental moment in that war in which the war pivoted on a battle. And in that battle that night, Francis Scott Key wrote what we call is our national anthem. Oh, say can you see the Star-Spangled Banner. The fourth stanza of that, yes, there's more than one. The first stanza is our national anthem. The fourth stanza has this phrase, in God we trust. That was picked up and has been enshrined as our national motto. Interesting. In 1883, that phrase was dropped in the minting of the nickel. And for some 55 years, the nickel did not have in God we trust until an act of Congress in 1938 said that our currency heretofore will bear, all of our currency will bear 
our national motto, in God we trust. But for 55 years, it slipped out. Well, I've talked to couples before and families. They were raised to trust God. They tithe, they gave to the Lord. But they quit trusting God in their finances. Life happened. They had kids, and then they overextended themselves in a mortgage and got distracted and said, you know what, we don't have to tithe. And they read some crackpot theologian on Google land that told them that tithing is just an Old Testament practice and not a New Testament practice and use that as an excuse to get out of the practice of tithing and hence out of the practice of trusting God in their finances. Perhaps it's a day to say, as the nickel was reestablished and minted heretofore, it shall bear that. Is God speaking to you to say, you know what? I'm going to get back in the lane of honoring God and trusting God with my finances. I, I slacked off, but I am going to. I am going to honor the Lord. There are times Denise and I, we could have chosen to send the tithe and pay this off and retire this credit card debt, but we, we said the tithe is first and it belongs to the Lord. We don't give God the leftover. We're going to set and the moment we receive our pay. We're going to honor God with the tithe and God will take care of everything else. The fourth reason I tithe is tithing brings God's blessings. Tithing brings God's blessings. In Malachi chapter 3, and it continues the, the conversation on tithing, bring the whole tithe. And God said, I'm going to prevent the pest from devouring your crops. Let me translate that into vernacular today. They, they were an agrarian culture. Yes, that's how, that's how they made their living. They would plant crops, and from that, they would go to the market, and they would sell their crops. So the loss of a crop would be the loss of profit. So God was speaking to them in the economy of their day. Let me translate it. Here's what God is saying. He is telling, tithing brings blessing. And if you'll honor the Lord with the tithe, God says, I will make it so inflation doesn't eat a hole in you. I will take care of you so that the economy, whether the Dow goes up or down or sideways, doesn't matter what the Fed does with the interest rates. God said he's going to take care of you. That if we will bring our lives in alignment with God, God will take care of us. If I was to ask a show of hands today, how many would like to have a 10% raise in pay? Every hand would go up. I will tell you this, begin to tithe and you get a 10% raise in pay. Because here's what God says, the moment you give the tithe to me, the 90 will go as far as the 10 used, to, the 100 used to go. And that means the moment you tithe, you get a 10% raise in pay. God's faithful. God says he's going to protect us. And let me put it this way. Out of every dollar, a dime belongs to the Lord. And if you'll dime up, God will dollar up in your life. God is faithful. I remember early on, Denise and I were tithing, and we were in Bible school, and and, and, you know, certain bills would come due at certain times. And I remember at one time we were facing our six-month notice on our car insurance. And at that time, you didn't pay it monthly. You had to come up with the whole six months up front in order to get your car insurance. And we were facing that. And we were in Bible school. And I didn't know how in the world we were going to do it. And then I got a call 
and it was our insurance agent. I barely knew him, just casually, just barely knew him. And his voice was on the other end, and he said this to me. He said, Jim, my wife and I were talking, and we feel led of the Lord to pay your car insurance for the next six months. He'll never know what that meant. God just, God stepped in in a moment when we couldn't, and we were praying, God, how are you going to, how are you going to make that happen? And God stepped in, and God provided There are things that happen that you call luck and coincidence and the favor and you just by chance had it. Can I tell you, it's the blessing of the Lord. God knows what to do at the right time and God sends blessings your way. God has the ability to bless you in ways you don't even have to pay taxes on. God just makes things happen. Number fifth reason why I tithe. Tithing promotes my spiritual values. Tithing, ministry. Uh, There's a lot of wonderful things in society, but can I tell you my spiritual values? Yes, such as one day to feed the world, feeding the hungry children of the world. In Westover, I commend you for the banner year and your generosity. But it's kids' ministry that's happening right now. It's our senior service that's occurring right now. It's student ministry that's occurring right now. It's our outreach in this community. Do you know that your church supports Teen Challenge, which is a local ministry to both men and women in addiction who are, if you've ever had a a brother, a cousin, a family member in an addictive drug, alcohol, chemical lifestyle, you know how hard it is to break that. We support Every month, a ministry here, we stand behind them to encourage them. We're reaching out to the broken. We're a part of Feeding San Antonio. We give to the San Antonio Food Bank, to the Sam's ministry. We are feeding hungry and displaced people every month right here in a community. You see, tithing promotes our spiritual values. Last night in Saturday evening service, a lady came. She met me at Guest Central and she brought the card that we asked her to bring. And she put a note on the back of it and I had a conversation with her. And this is what she told me. This is my first time here. And I was in a business the other day and I was speaking to somebody and the person waiting on me. And I was just lamenting of the sorrow in my life and what I was going through with my 16-year-old daughter. And that gentleman told me, that when he was a teenager, Westover Hills Church saved his life. That he was going the wrong, the wrong direction, saved his life. And that man told me that I needed to bring my daughter here. We're here tonight. I met that lady. I walked over and I met her 16-year-old teenage daughter and greeted her. Her daughter had a friend with her. I said, have you met our student pastor yet? She said, no. So I took them over and I found our family pastor. And I said, I can't find Pastor Christian. He's somewhere with the teenagers. He's doing something. Something, make sure they, they have that connection. That young lady on her first visit, she came to the house of God. She's looking for hope. Her teenager met a youth pastor. We're going to follow her, follow up on her this week. Can I tell you, your tithe supports spiritual values. Number six, <coughs> tithing is a reminder of God's ownership. Yeah. 
Every time I tithe, I don't say my tithe, I say, God, this is yours. I remind myself, God is the owner. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 10, he who supplies seed to the sower. Where does the, where does the person that sowed the seed get the seed from? God. God says he's the one that provides seed to the sower. May I remind you, your last promotion, God helped you get it. Opening your business, God helped you do that. Get your career path, getting through college, God helped you with that. God supplies seed to the sower. God opens doors. God makes a way in our life. And tithing reminds us of God's ownership in our life. Number seven, tithing. Tithing prioritizes life. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9, it says, bring the first fruits. It didn't say the leftovers. It didn't say the spare change. It didn't say whatever you're comfortable giving after you've paid your cell phone and your internet and your car payment. And you, No, the Bible says that I am to bring my first fruits to the Lord. And I can tell you, my mother taught me to tithe as a boy. When we had our allowance, mom explained tithing to me. And my allowance would be on the table when I got odd jobs. Mom would talk to us and she would ask the question, now you made this much, how much is your tithe? And she made us figure it out. Mama taught me to tithe, but my father-in-law taught me to be generous. My father-in-law did. I noticed my father-in-law before my wife and I were married when uh, we'd have church, and at that time we passed baskets. We literally had a woven basket that we would pass up and down the pews in the small church we were from to receive the offering. And I noticed something, and as I describe it today, I can still see my father-in-law, every offering that went by, his hand went in, and he gave an offering. I knew he tied. He had a small business. wasn't He wasn't a wealthy man, but he was he was a good provider and he was blessed of the Lord. And we were having a conversation one day, and he just brought it up. And I think it was because he was going to teach his son-in-law something, and he did. He said, "I give my tithe." But he said, I give in every offering that comes, every offering that's taken at the church, I give into it. Because here's what he told me. I never want to miss a chance to give to God. My father-in-law taught me generosity. Let me tell you the rest of the story. My mother-in-law, my mother-in-law got sick. Her kidneys failed and she had to go on dialysis. We found out just a few months before she passed away that she was suffering with a disease that, called, that caused major organ failure in her body. The last two months, maybe three months of her life, she was in the hospital. My father-in-law, he slept by her every night, not in the bed. He made, he called it a pallet on the floor. There was a quilt, I can see it in my mind, there was a a, a pillow and a, and a quilt that he laid on the tile floor in the hospital room and a vigil by my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is the closest thing to an angel. She's the most godly person I believe I've ever met. She, I, I, see every, I saw every fruit of the Holy Spirit in my mother-in-law's life. 
And there she was, and her health was failing. My father-in-law shared with the kids, my wife and her brothers and us, we were adults, what he was facing. He had a small business. He provided well, but he was not wealthy. But he did not have any medical insurance. And he told us then, this is 36 years ago, he said, I'll lose everything. My hospital bill is hundreds of thousands of dollars, and I can't pay it. He said, I'll lose everything. But he said, but God's been good. That's all he said. Right before my mother-in-law passed away, he's in the hospital room like he was every day. A lady walks in with a business suit on, and she introduces herself. Hello, Mr. Roberts. Gave her name. May I speak with you? They stepped out of the room and to a side place and began to have a conversation. And this is the conversation. The lady said, we normally do not do this, but I have been instructed to inform you. She went on to talk a little bit more about how much he owed at the hospital. And two or three times she paused and she said, you know what? I don't know why we're doing this, but we don't do this. But I've been instructed to tell you your hospital bill is forgiven at this hospital. My father-in-law walked back in and my father-in-law testified to us, God has repaid me. I gave in every offering that ever passed year after year and decade after decade. And in one day, God paid me back with more and he testified to the faithfulness of God. I will tell you, God is good. God is good. Number eight, why I tithe. Tithing liberates me from materialism. Yeah. If, if, if you want to be free from stuff, just be a giver. When you, when you give away, you know, giving gifts at Christmas actually is more exciting than getting gifts at Christmas. I'm telling you. Seeing the grandkids or my children open their gifts, the fact of giving, actually, it, it does more for you. It liberates you from stuff owning you. And there's nothing wrong with owning stuff. Just don't let stuff own you. Yes. And the ability to release it and just become, become generous in life. I remember I was at church one day. And I walked in, and this was the day when pastors and, I mean, almost every man in the church, when they come to church in that era, we wore ties, okay? We're told we're not to wear ties today to be cool, but in that day, in that day, we wore ties. Well, I walked into church one day, and this guy, this man in the church, I knew he had a beautiful tie. I admired his tie, and I just complimented his tie. I said, I like your tie. And he began to do this to take off the he, I said, no, 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 I'm just complimenting your tie. He said, no, I told my wife this morning, if pastor compliments my tie, I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> and he handed me a tie. I said, I like your car too. <laughs> I decided if there's more blessing here, I'm going to try to get it, okay? Maybe there was more blessing. I didn't get the car. I did get a tie. But, you know, I didn't want to miss any more blessing that might have been in that. So it liberates us from materialism. Number nine, tithing is spiritually and emotionally healthy. Yeah, that's that feel good. 
when you bless and you help somebody. The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, that God loves a cheerful giver. And then in Acts chapter 20, verse number 35, it says it's the words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because it's, it does something for you. When you truly have a generous spirit, you feel the impact. It does something for you on the inside. Yes. There is something that's called bystander effect. B-E, B-E, bystander effect. Sociologists have studied that in a small group, a small group, if, if some, somebody trips or falls and there's just a small group, that they say 75% of the people in a small group will respond and help that person stand up. If you're in a small group, if, if there is a need, 75% of the people will come over. And in a small setting, they say it's that, that there is a higher rate of altruism. People just naturally will respond uh, in kindness to a need. Something falls over to help somebody. Somebody trips. Somebody is in need. That it's about a 75% response rate. But the larger the group gets, there's a 22% fall of, of compassion and response. That if it's you're in a large group, less than half of the people will respond because it's called the bystander effect. Oh, somebody else can do that. Oh, surely they have somebody else to attend to that. Somebody else will help them. Somebody else will pick that up. Somebody else will attend to that. And they tell us it's true of churches, and sure enough it is. Smaller churches have a larger participation of tithers. The bigger the church gets, the more bystander effect you get. Somebody else can do it. Somebody else can give to that. So oh, they'll get enough. I don't need to sacrifice. Let somebody else do that. And let me tell you, giving to the Lord is emotionally and spiritually healthy. Number 10 and last, tithing looks forward. Tithing takes you forth. The Bible says whoever sows generously they're going to reap generously you give to the Lord in a generous fashion you're going to reap in a generous fashion why? because tithing puts you looking forward some of us are looking back some of you are looking back at 2020, 2021 the early part of 2022 and you're talking about what didn't happen and your loss and you've been in a standstill Tithing begins to take you and causes you to look forward. You need to quit looking back. Quit inspecting and start expecting. Amen? The other day, the other day, I went to the bank. And I pulled up to the ATM machine. There's two of them. And I, I chose this line. And I, I drove up to the ATM machine at the bank put my card in like I normally do and I'm going to put in the pin number 
Denise chooses our pin number, so our, her favorite number is 666. So put it in. I'm going to get my money out. On the screen it says, you can't. No money. No money. I'm at the bank. There's plenty of money in this bank. And I, I, I knew, I thought we had, thought we had money in the account. I'd, last time I checked, and uh, Denise go get some more tattoos and spend our money? What, what'd that lady do? I can't get any money. So I, I put it back in and press that number again and it came up. No money, but I didn't finish reading it. No money in this machine. Ah, yeah. So what did I do? I, I drove around and went to the other lane. I got in another lane. And that bank had money, and guess what? I got some money. Here's what I came to tell you. If you'll get in the lane with God, you'll always have plenty. Just get in the lane. Just, God, I'm going to honor you. God, I'm just going to, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to honor God with the tithe. And watch what God will do for you. I'd like to pray a prayer over you. Father, I thank you for your abundant blessing. You are marvelous and generous. Denise and I, over 46 years, have seen the goodness of the Lord. You saw us through times, lean times, but you taught us to trust in those moments. And then God, when there was plenty, that was a time of rejoicing. Then God, when there was a season of of abundance, we were able to just continue to be generous unto the Lord. How good you are. And I pray a blessing, a tither's blessing over this congregation. As they honor God with the tithe, you'll honor them. Lord, cause their businesses to prosper. Cause their careers to advance. Cause their house, the 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 maintenance on their house and the upkeep on their house to go down, that that air conditioning units and hot water heaters and tires on the car will just last longer. And God, the extended warranty of the blessing of the Lord to extend to everything they own. Father, I just pray goodness. I pray favor. I pray negotiations on on contracts and sales and those who are self-employed. God, they will, they will have the, the best accounts. And, and Father, the most trustworthy help and employees they'll hire. And the, most pro, the most productivity they'll enjoy in their business. I pray, God, that every place that a business hires somebody that tithes, that business will see an increase and they will, they will recognize the moment that employee stepped in, things got better. Let the blessing of God be so evident. Father, I prayed over students as they honor the Lord with the tithe. God, honor them with scholarships. I pray over our seniors. God, as they continue to honor the Lord, I pray, Father, you'll just bless them 
their, their health care expenses will be minimized. And God, that you will just shower blessings in unusual way. Let favor come their way. And let it so surprise them they can say it. It's only by the goodness of the Lord. I pray that upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.